0: Well, it was quite a number of years ago now, but I was driving alone from Brisbane to Rockhampton. It was around midnight, which is not a really ideal time to drive from Brisbane to Rockhampton all by yourself, but there I was from Brisbane to Rockhampton around midnight, when all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, everything went pitch black. Uh, Not only could I not see the moon or stars or any artificial lights, but there weren't even any reflectors on the edge of the road for some reason to show the way. There were no signs that had been illuminated from my headlights. There were no other vehicles in sight. And so I slowed down to a crawling pace, inching my way through the darkness, only to pull over on what I presumed was the side of the road from the noise the gravel made on the tyres. And as I got out of the car, I could see that my headlights were actually functioning but to no effect. It was as if I was suspended in the abyss of space. It was so surreal. I felt as if the darkness was not only pressing in, but that it was pressing on and engulfing me. I felt scared and alone. I felt uncertain about where I was going. I felt vulnerable about what lay around the next bend. Perhaps you're familiar with those feelings. Perhaps over the past year, or even recent months, there have been moments when you have found yourself feeling the same. Perhaps actually right now, here, as you're gathered here in person or online, there is a pressing issue in your life that is keeping you awake at night that life feels dark, and it's kept you wondering if you're gonna be okay. Maybe, as, you, as you're here today, there isn't anything particularly pressing on you right now, but it would be very naive to think that there won't be times ahead when we will ask the question, will I be okay? What possible cause do I have to be confident? Well, Psalm 27 is a great gift to us, for King David knew that question well. And we see that for God's people, the answer to the question, do I have cause to be confident? The question is not, do I have cause to be successful or comfortable? But do I have cause to be confident? The answer to a cause of confidence that banishes all fear is yes, a resounding yes. And not in some sort of glib or complacent, wishful sort of way, thinking she'll be right but with a real confidence that can transcend and transform every circumstance. I wonder if that's the sort of confidence that you'd like to enjoy. Well, getting orientated with the psalm, it appears that David has written the psalm in two parts. So the first half, it seems perhaps David has experienced a victory in which God's hand was clearly at work, and he's recalling that, and that was evidenced by the fact that evil people had been stopped in their tracks. That's the first half of the psalm. The second half, it's as if David has come back later... Right when he's in the thick of danger and he cries out to the Lord who is his light, salvation and the stronghold of his life. So whichever those circumstances you might find yourself right now, you might be looking back and giving thanks right now. Or you might be in the thick of it in this moment. Whatever the circumstance, this psalm is a gift for us. For we can have confidence from the lord found in knowing the lord and in the future which awaits so first our confidence is from the lord would you look in there at verse 1 of psalm 27 the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall i be afraid so right up front the causal connection between us And the absence of fear is crystal clear. The sort of confidence that banishes all fear does not originate from ourselves, nor is it dependent on our circumstances, but it is from the Lord himself. It is because of who God is that the psalmist is confident that fear is banished. So who is the Lord? The Lord who is light, that is, the one who dispels the darkness. The Lord who is salvation, the one who delivers us from danger to victory. The Lord who is stronghold, the one in whom we find a safe hiding place. This is a, a totally countercultural assertion, that we can have confidence, it's within our grasp, not by believing in ourselves or because of who we are or even in the God-given abilities and resources at our disposal, but you can be confident because of the unchanging identity of God. It flies in the face of our, our personal instincts so often and our cultural tendency to keep looking at ourselves. That whilst my circumstances may change, whilst my heart might flutter about, the confidence that is made available to us is not based on the restlessness of our hearts of the world, but on the unchangingness of the Lord Himself. And it's not just that the Lord is the light, is salvation, and is the stronghold, but note verse 1 He is my light, my salvation and the stronghold of my life. I wonder if you can say that is true for you. If you don't yet believe, if you've not yet put your trust in the Lord Jesus, there is the most amazing, wonderful invitation right here to accept this reality for the first time. And if you do believe, this is a, a wonderful invitation to reaccept this reality. To Stop relying on yourself, your abilities, your resources, your capacity to see forward. That's so often where we drift in the face of danger or uncertainty. But that would instead lean into and rejoice in who the Lord is. Uh, This isn't just some sort of Jewish or Christian triumphalism, you know, that so long you're on the right team or you're backing the right God, then your life is going to be all fine and everyone else is going to have it tough. This isn't fair-weather faith, that we can be confident only when things are going well. But that even when surrounded with darkness pressing in, you can be free from fear. When the ultimate truth about who God is, you notice when it's driven and sinks down into David's heart, it has this transforming effect on how he faces the dangers pressing in. So we know that because David provides case studies in verses 2 and 3. So these are not hypothetical scenarios, but but real things that David faced. Uh, David works through the circumstance of his life, and then he demonstrates that because of God as his light, salvation, stronghold, that he will not fear. So verse 2, when the wicked advances against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall think about Goliath. Verse 3, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Why? Because of who God is. Now, you might not have people trying to hunt you down, I really hope you don't have people trying to hunt you down, or people trying to start a war against you, and I hope that's not true either. But I really want you to hear the invitation to take reality of who God that is and work it deep into your life when my health is failing when I'm scared I'll be alone when my job or plans are not as I'd hoped when I can't see a way forward in recognition of who God is My heart will not fear. Even then, I will be confident. When we look to God, you notice how it guards us against two perils. It guards us against both complacency and self-reliance. Notice that David neither dismisses the seriousness of his situation, he knows that very well, but nor does he look within to find a way to banish fear. He doesn't look within, like, you know, the little engine that could. I think I can. I know I can. But he looks to God. I know who God is. I know God can. There are so many times in my life, way too regularly, that in the face of trouble or uncertainty or even in minor stresses, big or small, that so often my natural instinct is to look Where? inward but David shows us that we need to look outward to God that needs to be our second nature for if our confidence is from the Lord that the Lord is the source we can experience that it's made real by knowing him in light of all that David is experiencing note there's just one thing his laser focus that he longs for and asks for Verse 4, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. He goes on to ask quite a few things, but this is his single-minded focus. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So even with everything going on for David, he is single-minded in his desire and what he seeks to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. Now, of course, the house of the Lord at one level is the tabernacle, later the temple, the symbolic place where God dwelt with his people and they could experience the presence of God. The context of the psalm is likely going up to that very place. But when David says that the one thing he seeks is to dwell in the house of the Lord... He's not just saying that he wants to hang out at the tabernacle 24-7, even though it was indeed a place of refuge, but that he longs to continuously dwell in God's presence. He longs for a life not just occasionally punctuated by visits to the tabernacle, but a life characterised permanently and continually by God's presence. I think it's really kind of extraordinary, way ahead of time, David is anticipating what Jesus would make possible, that Jesus, John chapter 1, is the Word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or in John chapter 8, that Jesus is the light of the world, shining in the darkness, That the same God who brought light out of the darkness and chaos of the universe through Jesus has brought light and hope into the darkness and chaos of our lives. And the place where you can see that light shining the brightest is at the cross. At the cross where Jesus took all of our sin and the darkness of the world upon himself and not being overcome, but rose victoriously as a vindication and triumph of the darkness itself. In the tumult of our lives in our world, we are uh, so often satisfied, we are so willing to be placated with a mere distraction from all the trouble, you know, just Netflix and a comfortable sofa will do. But the psalmist longs for a greater thing, that he can look straight into the dire circumstances with which he's surrounded, Imagine what that means for you. He can look straight in the dire circumstances with which he is surrounded. And because he delights in who God is and knowing him personally, that his fears would be dispelled like vapour, and the Lord will ultimately keep him safe. Now, that's why the only natural response is to praise God. Verse 6, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. So, David just doesn't praise God when things are going his way. But the more David hangs on to God, the more he's inclined to praise his Lord. And I want you to hear just how dependent David is on his Lord. So, he has 10 requests. So, if you're ever running short of prayer points, if you're searching for prayer points, it's a great place to start. Hear this Hear my voice, be merciful answer me, do not hide your face, do not turn away, do not reject or forsake me, teach me your way, lead me in straight path, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. So often we just go to God on a needs basis, when we're really running into trouble or just in the pockets of our lives that we think we don't have the capacity for. But can you hear David? Can you hear him? He is gripping, in the knowledge that God is his light, salvation and stronghold, he is gripping onto God with both hands. He's like on one of those roller coasters when you grab onto that handle. He's doing it the whole time. And of course, that doesn't mean it's always easy. Oh, wait, I love that in verse 8 that David has to keep teaching himself over and over again to look to God. So he recalls the theory, verse 8, He says, my heart says of you, seek his face. He's telling his heart what to do. And then he puts it into practice. Your face, Lord, I will seek. He wants to look upon the beauty of God. No matter what the circumstance, we can look upon the beauty of God. We can make that our prayer. It can be the tune of our hearts. And how can we do that? We can look back on the ways that God has brought us through and we give thanks. We can look forward and commit all that is unknown and known to Him and we can look right now in the immediate and think about the rhythms and the people that help you to seek God. God has even given us His Spirit to help us seek Him and know Him. Yet so often our natural inclination drifts inwards instead of outward to him. We've got to talk to our hearts. We've got to say, heart, seek God's face. And we keep saying it until our heart says, okay, your face, Lord, will I seek. We need much bigger appetites, not just to be satisfied with sort of Instagrammable snacks, but that we, verse 11, will be taught God's ways and led in a straight path. A great definition from Eugene Peterson. What is faithfulness? Long obedience in the same direction. In 2009, two women, uh, Maryam and Mazia, were imprisoned and sentenced to death in Iran because of their Christian faith. They were both born into the Muslim faith But when they became Christians, they started to really wildly share the gospel with everyone and anyone they could possibly meet, distributing tens of thousands of New Testament under the cover of night. When they were eventually caught for this, they were imprisoned for nine months in the notorious jail, Evan Jail, a very dark and brutal place in which people were tortured, people were executed. And they said that when they first arrived in this place, they wondered why God could lead them to such a dark place. But gripping onto God, they soon, against all logic, worldly logic, they became encouraged. Because they realised, they said, they realised that God had a plan for putting us in that dark place. That whilst outside of the prison they had to search and search for people to share the gospel with they said in prison we were more free inside the prison to give the message of salvation they said praise god that despite all these difficulties we had great many opportunity to share the message of salvation with many prisoners in fact When you read of their account, you discover that even some of the guards who read the letters that were withheld from the women, they were receiving many, many letters that were withheld from them. But as the guards read those letters, uh, which talked about Jesus, even the guards started to ask the women questions about Jesus. The women, time and time again, said it was only God who sustained them. How could they possibly survive for over nine months in a place like that? Because their confidence was in the Lord who they knew but also in the certainty of the ultimate future and glorious future which awaited them verse 9 do not hide your face from me do not turn your servant away in anger you have been my helper do not reject me or forsake me God my Savior so why can we have a confidence that when we call that the Lord will hear that when we see god's face that we will see him because there is one who has not only sought us out but one who is forsaken for us there was one who was the object of false accusations yet not even the enemy of death was victorious over him that no matter what circumstances that our lives bring nothing can separate us from the love of god for those who are in christ jesus verse 13 david says i remain confident of this i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living so david looking forward he's realistic he knows that there is still trouble ahead but he's confident that even amidst the trouble he'll still see the goodness of the Lord. But incredibly, we can have a confidence with even greater clarity than David for our hope is not just in the goodness of the Lord right now, to see the goodness of the Lord right now, not just that he would deliver us from the troubles of today, but the certainty that when we put our trust in Jesus, that he has delivered us for all of eternity. That's what god is inviting us into that's what god is inviting you into that even the face of evil and death that we can have a confidence that things will be okay so how do we possibly respond david gives us a clue in verse 14 wait for the lord be strong and take heart and wait for the lord I don't know about you but when you ask a question uh, so often the last answer we want to hear is wait <laughs> how we long how we wait for a day when every tear will be wiped away But friends it will as we follow Jesus there will be seasons of sharing in Jesus suffering and for some that will be short And for others, it could be a season for this whole life. But it is not final. In the meantime, he is encouraging us to take heart. Not by looking to ourselves, but by recognizing him as the true source of confidence and knowing him this very day. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can cry out to you, that we can run to you, that we can come to you in all circumstances. Lord, you know the very things in our hearts that most cause us to fear, the things that cause us to cry out and to truly wonder if things are going to be okay. Lord, please, in your kindness and the power of your Spirit, help us, no matter what the circumstance, that we would neither fall into the peril of complacency or self-reliance, but in the knowledge that you are the true source of all confidence, that we would delight in knowing you and seeking your face. Lord, please teach our hearts to seek you over and over again. Lord, I especially pray for anyone here today or joining us online who really is in the thick of it this very day. Lord, I pray that even amidst these circumstances, that they might know you, know your presence, know your love and mercy, that you might deliver them. Lord, I thank you that we can look forward with great certainty as we put our trust in your Son of the glorious future which awaits So, Lord, in the meantime, may we grip onto you. May that be the rhythm of our hearts, the instinct of our lives, that we might gaze upon your beauty in the confidence of that which lies ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.